We're talking about a book that's all about joy today, a joy that's promised to all of us who follow Jesus. How is it captured? What is it? What is the result? As we welcome Brant Hansen to the show. Brant is a best-selling author, syndicated radio host, and advocate for healing children with correctable disabilities through Cure International Children's Hospital. His latest book is Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. Hi, Brant. How are you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. Sure. Okay, so the title, I love this. Life is Hard, God is Good, Absolutely True. Where does the less dance come from? Are we, you know, what, what, where did that come from? Well, it's just from being joyful, like that joy is an actual thing that should be happening in our lives. We should be hopeful. We should be the ones who aren't anxious and angry. When I'm talking about we, I mean, people who are Jesus followers. And, and I've had this experience at, you mentioned these hospitals. I, I, I tell some of the stories in the book, but where, they have a Thursday dance party at one of the hospitals in Niger. These are all kids with disabilities at various stages of being healed. So you got kids with walkers and kids with canes and kids in wheelchairs twirling around. And there's kids I got to carry too, but we're all, we just crank the music and you dance. And it's such a joyful place. They've been through so much, mm-hmm. but I think about how the kingdom of God actually is a hopeful place. We're supposed to be so hopeful that people ask us why. Right. And it literally says that in the, in the Bible. Like, they were going through stuff then, too. So it's weird that in our modern culture, what I'm trying to say is even with all the stuff that's going on in the world, it's not naive or silly to actually be joyful. Hmm. It's, it's not. It's, it's reality of what the, who the king, the king is and how this all turns out. And we know ultimately he's good. We can count on it. So that's, that's the book. It's about how to how to not be anxious and instead actually have this sense of well-being regardless of circumstances. I'm glad you said that sense of well-being regardless of circumstances, because when some people hear joy, they think, oh, you're a Christian that just has blinded their eyes to all the bad things in the world, and you're living in some kind of make-believe Shangri-La. And that's really not what the joy is that you're talking about, is it? No, it is. I love Dallas Willard's phrasing of that, this pervasive sense of well-being, regardless of circumstances, this means you can even be grieving. You can be going through horrible things and still have this sense of well-being. And I know that's a fact. I know people have gone through horrible stuff, and they'll tell me, like, God showed up in a way that they never experienced before. Like, he keeps showing us, and Jesus tells us we don't have anything to worry about. He literally is saying that to people who have all the same problems we have, maybe shorter lifespans, more food insecurity, they had diseases, they didn't have antibiotics, like all that sort of stuff. And he's telling them, you don't need to be anxious. He knows something. It's not lack of knowledge that allows us to be joyful. It's not ignorance that you just, you need to watch some news and realize you need to be upset and angry and anxious. Like, no, no. It's an awareness that, of how this all ends. And that God can be actually trusted, and that his kingdom is even breaking through now. It's accessible. We can live his lifestyle. It's a much better way of living. It's simpler. Mm. It's, you're like able it. to enjoy the moment. You're able to know that God's good no matter what happens. You don't borrow trouble from next week or next year or the next election or whatever. Like, what if, what if? No, no, Jesus is saying, trust me in this. Hear me. You don't need to be anxious. God's got this covered. My Father has this covered. 
So I don't have all the answers about why things happen, but I trust God's character enough to believe that Jesus is relaxed for a reason. You know, if that we, makes sense. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it completely does, because I don't think it matters what career you have, whether you're in sales or you're doing radio or you've got a lawn care business. It does, we have a tendency to put a lot of stress on, okay, it's the new year. I've got to do this. I've got to make this plan. Right. I've, got to, I've got to have this goal. I have to hit this sales, whatever. But you emphasize that that's really the wrong approach is, is just to, to relax about it. Can, can you expand on that? Can you, you know? Yeah. So, so here's, here's like in, in Psalm 23, it starts with, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That's what it says. That's the best translation in English. Mm. I lack nothing. I have what I need for today. And Jesus even says, pray for your daily bread, like the resources that you need for today, not next week, not next year. And so I have found, and I know people, again, I'll think this sounds naive or childlike or something, but I have found if I'm faithful, I ask God for the resources I need for today, every day. And by that, I mean not just bread, but like, I'm an introvert. I need social energy. I need to know how to handle relational situations. There's things that are happening. I might have a project that's due or something like, God, help me have what I need for today. And then I ask him to take care of my path ahead. Like he's already there. He can do that. And the weird thing is, weird to some people, it's worked out great. Like, I haven't had a plan for my career at all, and he just keeps making a way for me, and I just keep showing up and going, I'll just think about today. Whoever comes across my path today, I'm going to be faithful with, and I ask God to please give me words that will be a blessing to people today. And so that's, that's been the plan, and I see an awful lot of support for that, actually, in Scripture. It's a much more relaxed way to live. Let him make a path for you. Trust him with the future. You don't worry about the future. You be faithful with today, and he'll, he'll he'll make a way for you. That's what I've seen actually be true. That is so good, and I found that to be so true in my life. My husband recently went to be with the Lord uh, about mm. three months ago. He had fallen from a ladder, and so uh, he was in ICU for three weeks. And so that mm. that's all I had as far as I never came home again. Uh, yet through this journey, I've discovered that God is faithful and he has provided for me every single day. Mm. Mm. And you know, so I understand that. I, I'm so thankful you share that story because for a lot of us, we envision the worst case scenario and we think, I can't handle it. And if it happens, so we were, we're worried, what if this happens, this mm-hmm. happens, this other thing, I, I won't be able but what I've hear, heard from people like you who've gone through this, and it's so fresh for you, but what I've heard from people is that when this worst-case scenario happens, God shows up in a way that they hadn't experienced before. And that's really reassuring. So I mentioned that in the book, like Jesus takes his friends out on this stormy, or it wasn't stormy, but it got stormy on the water. That was his idea to go out there. If you look at the Scripture— he wanted to go out there. He knew the storm was coming. He brought a cushion, it says in Mark. He was resting on it because he went to sleep. And they all freaked out at the storm. He stayed asleep. Yeah. He gets up. He calms the storm. But he tells them, like it was a test. He tells them, you didn't need to worry. All this time, 
even if the ship goes down, I will be there for you. You're ultimately safe in this universe mm-hmm. if you trust God. And that's very difficult for us to get our heads around, but it's incredibly encouraging. And Jesus says it over and over and over. We don't need to be worried. Don't borrow trouble from next week. Be like the animals. They don't do that. And worry will destroy you physiologically. And we're the only ones, we're the only creatures that can worry about next week. Nobody else does that. And he's saying, you don't need to be worried. I know how this all ends. God Mm -hmm. is good. He's got you. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in your book, you talk about that there's um, a lot of work and a lot of influence from your work of, with pediatric hospitals all around the mm-hmm. world. And this is an area that breaks my heart um, when you see children that are dealing with uh, physical ailments and illnesses and, and so forth. It, 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 it gets to me. It gets to me deeply. The, the experience, how has that played a part in the development of this book and the philosophy behind it? Well, the joy of seeing these kids get healed is interesting mm-hmm. because it's all, it's, it's, Jesus told his followers to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom. So these are hospitals that are all about Jesus. They do like 20,000-plus surgeries a year. It's orthopedic neurosurgeries. It's, it's amazing stuff. Mm. But seeing that, that's the kingdom breaking through. Jesus talks about the kingdom more than anything else. He describes it. He says the kingdom is breaking through, and then he heals people. Why is that his main way of doing miracles? Like three-quarters of his miracles or more in the Bible are healing. It's because he's showing the kingdom is breaking through, and he's giving us an advanced trailer of heaven. That's what heaven's going to be like. People are going to, The lame will leap like deer. The deaf will hear. The blind eyes will be open. So healing shows us that he's breaking through. So even amidst the sadness... When you see what his kingdom is all about, and you see how this ends, there's reason for joy. When you think we're going to be at a big party, it's going to be a party, by the way. It's going to be like a big wedding feast in a traditional culture. That's a that's a blast. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to it's also going to be feature people seeing for the first time, people being reunited with their loved ones that they've lost, people being able to hear for the first time, people getting up and running and dancing for the mm-hmm. first time while the crowd cheers. Like, we're made for that. So when I see this stuff in the hospitals, it reminds me, oh, this is what Jesus is all about. And some of the other religious stuff that goes on in the name of Jesus, I don't get it. But this, that looks like Jesus to me. And it's incredibly good news. And no wonder there's dancing in the hospitals because it's all about the kingdom. And that's, that's what happens. We have, we have reason to be hopeful. I love this. And... I would like a couple practical suggestions on what we do when we are feeling anger or angst and all the things that are going on in the world are just seem to be beating us down. So what are some things things you do? Number one, what you put your attention on affects who you're becoming. So if we're anxious all the time, you might want to look at where our attention is going. That's, That's a short answer. Here's a couple other thoughts. Number two, you can speak to your own anxieties. You can speak to your own emotions. It's in the Bible repeatedly. Like in Lamentations, the writer is saying, the country is falling apart, Jerusalem is being overrun, it's all going to be powder and dust, we're, we're in serious trouble. And then he says, yet I call this to mind, and I therefore have hope. Because of the Lord's great love for us, we are not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
So he's talking to himself. He's down, he's downcast. And, and David does this repeatedly. Why are you so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your trust in God. He's talking to himself, his own soul. So you can remind yourself of what's actually true. You can be like, okay, my emotions are saying anxiety. My emotions are saying anger. But wait, what's true? And I need to say that. I need to practice mm. saying truth to myself. The last thing on that, there's, there's plenty in the, in the book about, about anxiety and dealing with this, but I read a book from a business guy named Tim Ferriss. It's not from a Christian perspective or anything, but I didn't even finish the book. But the, he said he outsources everything to his personal assistant in India. So she schedules all his appointments and everything. And he was worried one day about something. And as a joke... He told her, he said, could you worry about this for me today? <laughs> I thought it was so funny. And Did it work? He said, oh, well, okay. So she said, okay, sure. He said it worked. <laughs> That's great. It actually lowered his anxiety just knowing somebody uh-huh. else was out there worrying yeah. about it. And I got a kick out of that because I'm like, wait. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to cast our cares on God. We're supposed to outsource True. our worries to him. And he can actually do something about it. But literally, if there's something that you're concerned about, talk to him about it. Yeah. Don't hide it. Don't feel guilty of your concern, but talk to him. And then thank him for everything he's done. And then the peace of Christ will guard your heart. That's what the Scripture says. You do it with... And gratitude, by the way, will chase out anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult true. to be grateful and anxious at the same time. So outsourcing your worry is a great way to think about this. Like He can actually do something... Old Testament and New Testament tells you to throw your cares on him and let him deal with it. Not your department. You can't control everything. You can't control the future. Talk to him about it. Thank him for what he's done. And then you'll become a different person who's much more at peace over time. There are two things that I love from this conversation. One is reassurance that just because you're not stressed, just because you're not overburdened with worry, doesn't mean you don't care. Right. And the other thing is that really struck me is, can you imagine someone who has gone through this life blind and or deaf, seeing and hearing Mm. in heaven for the first time? What that has to be like. Wow, yeah. That is a a tremendous, Mm. tremendous visual. Brent, um, I really do appreciate everything that you have gone through as far as your personal life, the things that you have overcome in order to... Uh, trust God as much as you do and, and cast your cares on him. What, what, how do we get a hold of this particular book and, and get a hold of some of the others that you've, uh, you've written? I think I mentioned sure. earlier there's a book, Unoffendable, which I read a while back, which is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, they're, they're all on Amazon or Barnes & Noble and all that sort of stuff. And it's just Brant Hansen, H-A-N-S-E-N, if you want to find it. But it's, it's great talking about this stuff, too, with, with you, and I'm still learning as I go, but that's, the, that's great. We're always learners. We stay learners. We're disciples, and God can still, still form us, and He's still doing that with me. That's too. And the book is Life is Hard, God is Good, Let's Dance. Love it. So, Brant Hansen, thanks so much for the time this morning. Thank you. 